Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Grotaku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. If you're looking for a nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by. Hello, my name is Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the girl talker today will be about favorite anime finale episodes. Uh, this is a little tricky in the fact that sometimes anime series don't get a, an official finale because it's not uncommon for anime adaptations to not adapt all the way into until the end of the series. So, when we say finale episodes, we're talking about the last episode of a particularly perceived season where we don't have any news or indications that it would continue in the future. Uh, so that's what we mean by finale episodes in this case, because if we just, uh, you know, if we just relegate it to actual finale episodes where it's a complete adaptation from beginning to end, uh, you know, there's not really a lot of options, not a lot of anime adapted source material from beginning to end. So uh, with that being said, though, um, Agnes is starting us off this week. So Agnes, what are some of your favorite finale episodes that you've seen? that they've just landed on the mark for sure so we're talking about animes that didn't have perceived like sequel seasons or it wasn't immediately announced that they have sequel Correct. seasons yeah it turns out that the two series that i did choose were series that didn't have a perceived sequel they people were just like waiting and waiting mm -hmm. and waiting and then like years later there was a sequel is that okay yeah for that's this podcast, perfectly fine. okay yeah i think that's okay. totally reasonable. so <laughs> the first one i think and i want to make a note that a lot of anime finales i feel like also land very flat because of the fact that it's split up into multiple cores mm -hmm. or seasons so yeah. all finales are very like eh and also due to the fact that there's a lot of rush animation because now animes are kind of being hedged into individual seasons rather than being stretched out for a long period of time. So a lot of finales fall very flat. Um, but these two series, surprisingly, actually had to take multiple breaks and they ended up putting their finale at a very odd time spot in the middle of the year where people weren't expecting it at that time, but when it showed, the quality was absolutely breathtaking. The first one I want to talk about is Blood Blockade Battlefront. I was, based one. on your lead-in, I was like, I think, I'm going to guess, it's Blood Blockade Battlefront. <laughs> yeah, that one, it was so memorable, because it's probably the earliest one that I can think of, where the finale was done so well because they had that break between the the penultimate episode to the last episode to really just polish and bring together the story all together. And I believe the very last episode, the finale, was actually more than 30 minutes long too. So it was a very special broadcast and it just brought all the themes of the series really well together. The animation was really good for the time as well. Everything was just overall very well executed. <laughs> Uh, I guess, like, what is most memorable about that finale? Like, what did they do that get it so right and made sure that they landed um, versus jumping the shark as many anime tends to do? <laughs> I think, so, Blood Blockade Battlefront Season 1 is very special because it was not based off of the original manga plots mm -hmm. by Night Row, but it was instead uh, an original direction by a female director, I believe, for Battle Blockade Battlefront. 
And she wanted to write a story that paralleled Leo's story because Leo has a younger sister who he's trying to save mm-hmm. because he, his younger sister was sacrificed, uh, parts of his younger sister were sacrificed in order for him to have the godlike eyes. And she wanted to parallel that story with another sibling um, pairing, which was white and black, who unfortunately were, at, unfortunately had to face difficult situations where white would end up being sacrificed to become kind of like a protective barrier, a protective magical barrier over New York. And her younger brother, who was so distraught at the fact that his parents had sacrificed his sister for it, made a deal with the King of Time, who's basically a vampire, and said, I want you to give me the power to break this barrier and free my sister. And so this entire story is about Leo recognizing that black and white are siblings and that they're trying to protect each other in their own way, but for the situation that they are in, it's almost nearly impossible to reconcile with that. And the most the most powerful thing at the very end, though, was when when I think it was White, right? White is the 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 male the male brother. White finally gives in, but he almost loses hope because he can't free his sister. Right. And Leo makes like this heart shattering declaration as he like shouts into this into the sky in this rubble of New York saying that black you can do better you can help your brother and you can save us and eventually when black wakes up she's just like I heard a voice and he was like well yeah I guess you did and it's just so peaceful and it's so calming and it just really ties up together the ending so well that the siblings although they could never like truly unite with each other at the end of the day they were able to come to facts to come to terms about their situation got it okay um so i i remember that we had a bit of a not a disagreement isn't the right word um we weren't aligned in our opinions of, on uh, blood blockade battlefront because i like the second season more than the first one and i remembered you said that you like the first season more than the second one so for me the finale episode i felt like it didn't I wouldn't say it didn't land. It didn't have the same effect on me for some reason. I can't really say why because it's honestly been a while. And like I said, most of my positive memories of Kakai Sensen is from the second season, not so much from the first. So. The second season is really good. I have to give it to that. But the problem with the second season is that it's very episodic, like cute adventure. And I think I like as, that. Yeah. Is why. And you like that a lot more, which is really funny because you typically don't like too much episodic stuff. You like... I I usually assume you like things that are a little bit more straightforward. There's a plot, there's an ending, characters are having character development moments. But I think because there's such a big cast in Battle um in Kekai Sensen, having a season two was a lot easier to digest a lot of the characters' motives, uh, identities, mm-hmm. and information about them as opposed to season one where you're kind of just thrust into everything and it's just plot. Right. Like, I I don't know. I think. I can't really explain why I like the second season more than the first. Um, it's just something about the second season's atmosphere mixed very well with me uh, in a way that... Oh, yeah, it's the comedy. Yeah. Like, the comedy is really well done. Yeah, it's just something about that second season. Just I really liked it more than the first. So because of that, I don't really quite remember as much of the first. I only remember the second one. But um, I'm really curious about your thoughts, Isabel, because I, I don't think you've ever formally said if there is a season that you prefer of the two. But you've definitely mentioned Blood Blockade Battlefront and our podcast before for other topics. So uh, how did you feel about that season one finale? 
Yeah, for me, when I watched it, I did. Well, for context, I haven't seen season two, uh, so oh, like, okay. mm-hmm. so my memory is like obviously only season one stuff. And even then, um, I thought the ending was good, like in terms of animation, just kind of wrapping up the things that were talked about in season one. Uh, but I kind of agree with you in that, like I I was left with a lot of unanswered questions, right? Uh, like Neo's Leo's next step um, and his relationship with his sister, and you know, there's like so many other characters that were introduced. Um, and so I had a lot of questions after the ending. I, I think overall though, the ending was good enough for the season one. Um, but yeah, so like until I see season two, I can't say, you know, which one I prefer obviously, but I think that the finale was exactly, well, at least at the time I remember, I was highly anticipating for it and I waited. I don't remember if it was like the delay as well, because it was like a little bit longer episode. I remember waiting some weeks to see it, so I was very excited to see it, and I think it did answer at least some of the questions I had throughout the series. So I did enjoy it in that way. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, alrighty then. So uh, that is your first one. Is your second one still following that uh, pattern you said, where you know there's no um, there there at the time when the finale aired, there was no foreseen sequel in the future. It like got delayed or it got aired at like a different time. Is it still following that pattern or is it completely different? Yep. It's still following that pattern. Okay. Uh, I have a guess. You make a guess? I have a guess, but go ahead and say it. <laughs> no, make a guess. Make a guess. I want to hear okay. it. Is it 86? Yes, it's 86. Okay, you poached 86 mine. is so good. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm glad I poached yours. It's been a while since I poached one of yours. <laughs> Yes, I get um, to poach it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you know, it's like I said, it's been a while since we actually poached someone else's. I do have other special mentions that I can talk about, but I think eighty six really took it away. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, go ahead. I mean, I, I have my own thoughts, obviously, since that was one of my picks as well. But you, you start off with yours. Like, what about eighty six's finale was so good to you? It's just very cathartic. I think at the end of eighty six. Um, the cathartic reunion between um, uh, Mille, right, mm-hmm. uh, with the with the rest of the platoon, the eighty six platoon that she used to spearhead before, and the fact that she, before, even before then, she thought she would never see them again. Right. She would never after that they were freed. She would be left alone on her own, and she was left alone on her own. She had to find a new platoon and basically train them to be ready for what was going to come because the the higher-ups, the executives, and the military officers in the Republic refused to understand and grapple with their situation that they were royally she fucked. was like secretly having her own like organization like it's not a formal coup d'etat but she had the people to do a coup d'etat if it came down to she it she had the people to do a coup d'etat but it was more that she was getting ready for the countermeasures yeah, mm-hmm. because she she anticipated how bad um it would take the republic by surprise and that was how she narrowly survived even um it wasn't because like she would become a hero to save the Republic. She was going to get out of the Republic. And the only way she could do that was to prepare and to escape once the Republic fell. But even then, she had no knowledge that she would be welcomed by people from other countries because the Republic had quite literally created slaves and meat shields out of the color the, the colored ones. And there was a lot of uneasiness when she left the Republic and was embraced by the Federation. And the fact that she was able to confront and reunite with all the her original comrades from the Spearhead Unit. And of course, you know, all the fans are like, Wee, Lena and um 
and Shin, they're all together now. You know, there's there's the fangirl side too. But the fact that she's able to find people that she was familiar with and rejoin them is very warming and comforting in a very chaotic time too. And I think even for 86, 86 has multiple volumes that explore all of the other regions in the world at that time. But for the anime to end on that note, on that scene where she reunites to them is probably the most touching thing that they could do for a series finale. Yeah, so I, no surprise, I also loved 86's finale. I think what blows my mind about that finale is how they were able to fit so much in without it feeling cluttered. That's what blows my mind. Yeah. Like, I think back to it, I'm like, we have Shin essentially revealing the PTSD that he's, like, we all know he's had, but he's very, you know, good looking at you Agnes he's very good at keeping uh, his thoughts and like uh, like his thoughts to himself or more like he doesn't really like to talk about it so it's like inherently we know he has it but then the episode brilliantly shows that with the whole like you know um uh, with the whole like the black bars slowly closing in on his world how he's like hearing voices of like the people who's died and like where he finds out he's survived again and he thinks he's alone again and it's finally sort of like reached a boiling point for him emotionally speaking so um so it's like there's that on one hand and then there's the fact that he reunites with Lena for the first time but he um but she doesn't know that's him and he only knows mm -hmm. it's her because of her voice. And then um, when, he, when he heard her voice and then it's like and then there's the whole aftermath. What happened to the Republic? You know how they push it back. Who is still alive? You know, how are they going to clean things up? And then there's the whole reorganization of things now. OK, so things have inevitably changed and there's political stuff. And then we got a montage of like the 86 people, you know, going back into casual life and slowly starting to learn to incorporate these peaceful moments into their lives. And then we lead into finally the moment where Lena actually meets all of them formally. And it's this really emotional sort of cathartic moment. It's like that's so much ground to cover in 20 minutes <laughs> and yeah. yet none of it felt cluttered during the whole process and to like I still think that's insane how they've managed to blend all this together and it never felt too fast or too slow it felt like the like Goldilocks you know the just the right sort of pacing and they do it all with visual direction and soundtrack and voice acting and yeah so definitely 86 as well for me is a finale episode that I can't really forget either it's stuck in my head and unfortunately unlike Blood Blockade Battlefront where we got a surprise sequel announcement we haven't heard anything yet for 86 so it's crickets for 86 but soon TM <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah, I always see the copium people online where they're like soon they will announce it <laughs> and it's like but they know they're being they're like living in copium right now and I'm like don't keep stop pushing that because you're gonna drag me into copium at this right so yeah um, yeah it's it sucks that we haven't heard anything it was just excellent but I also think um, you know, it would be hard if it's not the same director. You know, we kind of talked about this, Agnes, because it was, I think he, he, this is his first time directing. It was a first time director for 86 and he just did such a stellar job. And so uh, we definitely would want the director to return if possible, because he clearly had a vision for the series and knew what he wanted to do and knew how he wanted it to land. So um, it was really mm -hmm. well done. Uh, 
Isabel, I I don't I I know I think you've seen some of it, but I don't know if this is one of the ones where you didn't manage to finish. Um, so like, mm -hmm. have you seen the finale? No, I haven't. So yeah, I I only finished season one for this show as well. So obviously, the ending of season one. Oh, he's a season two. Oh, so that I don't was think that, that was a very all. heartbreaking ending too. <laughs> yeah, it was a very sad ending. So that that's not that's definitely not a good stopping point. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think yeah I said before that eighty six was kind of an anime I wasn't too interested in, or right. like I I felt like I was forcing myself to watch it, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't go into season two. I may in the future, but yeah, I would be more inclined to see Blood Blockade Battlefront first, I guess. Like something about it was just a little too heavy for you. Yeah, I think the tone. Yeah, just the tone of eighty six throughout the whole series. I just felt like that atmosphere is something that yeah, I just didn't like. Um, and then the, I mean, the characters are good, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like the atmosphere that I, just, I didn't really vibe with. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think you like war. I think we talked about in the last podcast, in one of the podcast episodes too, that I don't think you like war type right. of anime genres. Yeah. Yeah, not too much usually. Yeah, I don't think I've had a favorite one <laughs> so far. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it is, it can be, or I mean, it is heavy if it's done well, which in this case, it's mm -hmm. done well, so <laughs> it's heavy. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense, but I, at least you'll know if you ever choose to continue, obviously you don't need to. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing, the same way that- This is where Gracie tries to persuade with everyone with her 20 plus charisma. Mm -hmm. No, well, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, like I was saying, I get it if you don't want to continue because all of us, we have stuff that we just don't click with, even if we objectively know it's good. It's just not our thing. Um, but if you do, uh, if you do end up uh, watching it, the rest, it does end on extremely optimistic and like Agnes said, a very cathartic note. So at least it's not going to be heartbreaking mm. like the first score. It's like you're, you're a soldier. You have to like trudge through the, the what is it? The trenches right, to get to the right. happy ending, right? right. But it, it, it will take an emotional toll. Maybe watch it with somebody you care about so you can just hold on to them okay. <laughs> to make it a little less depressing. Uh, the other option is to just get invested in the ship because that's what I did. <laughs> Yeah, she got really invested in this ship. <laughs> uh, I see, that works too. <laughs> Alrighty then, so uh, did you want to uh, do your special mentions really quickly? Uh, I'm just going to name the one special mention, but it's because it's not an anime, it doesn't really work out very oh, okay. well. Um, the two special mentions would be Thunderbolt Fantasy and Castlevania. Of course, of oh, course. Yes. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Well, um, I got poached one of mine, but luckily I did prepare backups just in case this happened. So, um, um, so my first favorite finale episode I want to talk about, and I've kind of mentioned this already, but it's just stuck in my mind. I can't get it out. It's uh, the second season's ending for Sudone. Um, I don't that that finale episode for the second season is just glorious so first of all uh Surune, i don't know if it's gonna continue my god i want it to continue now because of that finale but i i but season two by itself was a surprise because of how season one performed so i never saw season two coming uh so we don't know but in regards to if that was the finale episode for Surune, um forever i am totally okay with it and the reason why for that is um it invoked something 
like a haiku, which I know it's weird to bring up haiku and haiku, but I can't say haiku has finale episodes yet because we know that it, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. So, uh, but Sudane is the only other sports anime that's managed to bring that level that haiku has managed to do. There were more than half of the finale episode. It was just a match. You don't hear anything. No one says anything. It's just people releasing arrows alongside the soundtrack. And um, and in regards to, and you just watch them release arrows, the pull the string, release the arrow, see if it hits, hear the sound if they do, and then don't hear the sound if they don't. And I was enraptured by it. I never thought an anime was going to be capable of doing more than 10 full minutes of an actual just sports competition. And for me to not be able to like leave my eyes from the screen, not even once. I didn't care about messages. I didn't care about notifications of anything on my phone. I was just completely zoned in and trying to figure out who the heck is going to win because I genuinely didn't know. I don't know if it was going to be the main characters and I didn't know if it was going to be their rival team. It's just like it was completely up in the air and I needed to know badly. And the reason why it worked so well is honestly a combination of things. First of all, the second season did an incredible job of building everything to that moment. So when it came to the actual match itself, you didn't need words. You know exactly what that competition represented to each of the single characters present. You know how they were feeling and you know like, you know what the stakes were. I mean, they're not high stakes like 86, but they're still stakes for a high school for high schoolers who are very into this particular competition, these matches. And then um, the music was incredible. And I do think the silence is what helped enhance the scenes as well because of the soft music with the arrows and like the sound of the tsurune or the tsurune is the literal sound, like the tsurune of each of the person pulling their bows. And um, and then, of course, the art direction, the animation direction is insane. We're, this is Kyoto Animation. We know this. Kyoto Animation is one of the few um, animation production uh, studios out there who continues to bring quality after quality because, lo and behold, this is what happens when you manage your time well and you treat your employees well. Bones is the other one I'll give a shout out to. Bones is also pr particularly well known for being very careful about that. So, um but it was just incredible that I just sat there for a 10 for more than 10 minutes just watching fake characters fake competing and just needing to know how it's going to end and then after the competition results it was just a nice little bow for every single arc that was um that was introduced throughout the series while opening it to the fact that their journey still has much to continue and to grow on and so it just really affected me i like i pretty sure I'm pretty sure I did cry watching it and it's not even because I was sad or I was, you know, happy or anything. It was just so emotional watching how everything tied together so well. It's just like, um, I, Shauna might get mad at me for saying this, but, you know, Shauna's talked about how she's gone to art museums and looking at an art piece that just like blew her away so much that she would start crying and that's how I felt with Sudanese finale for the second season. It's just like the, it was just everything culminated up until that moment. And it made me emotional because of that. So 
Uh, so yeah, Sudanese season two, I love it. I adore it. I it's because of this season that I wanted to continue, and I'm just so endlessly fascinated to know like where Kyoto Animation would take it if it if they choose to take it because they've changed things drastically from the light novel series. They've um shuffled up relationships. They've shuffled up themes. Uh, uh, once again, you know, Mel was Mel from, uh, you know, our anime training. He's a writer like he was like, he continues to be shocked to hear that, you know, the Minato and essentially the teacher technically have a relationship or is heavily <laughs> insinuated to have a relationship in the light novel series because it's nothing like that in the anime at all. They've really changed the story and made it their own in a way that's just so much better than the source material. So I have no idea where they'll even plan to take it. If they do take it elsewhere but that finale is just chef's kiss and if that's the last episode i see of sudanay i am so satisfied by it because it was just that good um but yeah that's my rant about uh sudanay isabel did you ever watch the second season because i know you watched the first season you liked it so. i know i'm so sorry i haven't you know what i did do though after talking to you i i went and watched the movie instead oh was it good <laughs> instead of watching oh, wow. season two I, I really liked it. Like ever like especially the start of the movie. Just mm-hmm. like that's why I can understand how like if you know, if season two is that good, especially with like the sound direction and the animation, I don't even need to mention, but like the sound, like just the you know, of them pulling the bows and then the arrows hitting, like it just gives me goosebumps. Like even at the start of the movie, I was like blown away by it. And so yes, it does make me very excited. So I just, it's just a sad thing that I haven't seen it, but yeah. <laughs> um, you need yeah. to watch it, girl. You need to watch it. <laughs> watch okay. it and talk to I me. Was, like, <laughs> I have so much stuff to watch. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching? <laughs> well, it's also because there's so many anime, currently airing anime, which I, I know you're, you also try to keep up with, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying my best this season, actually. I'm trying. I'm, trying, I'm watching a lot more than season than I have in previous seasons, so yes. <laughs> uh, okay, and Agnes, I, I know like this is like the, the nth amount of time you've heard me rant about Sudene, but I, have you seen clips of it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen clips of it. Yeah, okay. but I really don't have the full breadth of the story just yet, and I dread slogging through season one. Honestly, so, so here's what I did with uh, with Shauna, because Shauna's gonna watch season two. Like, she's gonna go straight to season two. I gave her a Wikipedia rundown of the most Yes, you told thing. me this already, too, and I don't really care much oh. for it right now. <laughs> Maybe in the future, my impulsivity will finally kick in and be like, okay, it's time to go read Wikipedia for spoilers and then start season two, but right now I can't bring myself to do it. Oh, I don't even, so I didn't even tell Shauna to read the wikipedia i like i I spoil my friends i tailor summaries (laughs) so i I, what a manipulator my god (laughs) and this is why and this is why shauna cannot like watch just average anime anymore because i've tailored the anime that i've picked for her to her taste too well so it's like when she tries to pick one on her own she's like no i can't do this i need crazy to pick for me so um so yes, that's how I spoil my friends in that regard. Okay, but yes, that is uh so that is my uh first uh finale episode pick. Um uh, my second one, uh, since 86 was already talked about, is keep your hands off Azokin. I do you guys Oh, that's a good yeah. one. 
That's a really good one. Okay. Um, well, the thing is, keep your hands off Azokin. Um, it's a slice of life uh, anime, and I personally felt it was fine. Obviously, the animation and everything is a feat on its own. Uh, but I think, um, but it just, like, it was a fine anime for me. Like, throughout the series, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't, it's not, like, bursting off the seams for me. And it's not something that I automatically think about to, um, I automatically think about to suggest to people who are looking for slice of life anime and such. But the finale episode for Keep Your Hands Off Asokin really, really um, touched me. Uh, there is one scene in particular that like still hangs in my mind really closely. And let me know if you remember this, Agnes. But there is like a moment at the end where, you know, they are successful and the camera like, zooms out of or sorry the camera like zooms into the actual film that they created themselves and then follows that to um follows that to like a dragonfly which follows that to something bigger and bigger and it simultaneously feels like the camera is leading you in while also bringing you out to like a more big picture point of view where it finally ends with you being pulled out into space and just seeing Earth, you know, just moving on its own. And that scene, like, really struck me. I, it, like, it really, like, it, it turned something in me in regards to feeling inspired and passionate. Um, and, it, and it really just took my breath away. And I just, and I think I made a gif out of it because I, I loved it so much. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Do you remember that at all, Agnes? Is like, is that in your head or, um, or was it just me that like felt so compelled by it? <laughs> it might've been you. Cause I kind of don't remember it. Oh man. Okay. My, I think for me, my finale was the fact that it was just a very quiet reveal of the of the episode ah, okay. where they finally got to sit down and watch everything and then at one point they were just like uh we have a lot of mistakes in here but i'm done i'm just going to sleep and they just kind of like roll off and sleep uh -huh. and for some reason that to me was a very cathartic way to end such an endeavor of a finale because animators in the anime industry are obviously overworked and many of them have very pay and often have um, mental and physical health problems too and so the fact that these high schoolers can just take a break from a project that they're just so proud of makes me empathize with them mm -hmm. a lot more so I kind of like that quietness that they got because the penultimate episode was when they actually showed the the screening of their anime right, right. Um, and that was super hype everyone was really happy and then at that point when you finish the penultimate you're like wait, so what happens in episode 12? Because it's slated for 12 episodes. Episode 12 is just a very a much quieter version of the penultimate episode where they all kind of get to wind back and just relax because they finally finished it. And so I kind of like that as the ending instead of the penultimate being the, the super flashy animation that they got to show to the school. I see, yeah, no. Um, I, And I agree with that. There was like, it's a different kind of catharticism Everything worked and you're and you're happy with what you did, including the flaws. You're happy with what you did. 
And I and mm-hmm. I think that's very important when it comes to any sort of creative endeavors as well. Um, it's important to remember that you got you kind of have to embrace the flaws of what you create because that's what makes it you and that's what makes it human in the first place, especially with the rise of AI and creative spaces, which we know has been a huge problem. And so um, and that's like, and it's, it's funnily enough, these flaws that make the really human touches to something. And it really shows the passion, the effort that, and the love that people put into it. So I agree with that. And the fact that it ended so simply in the fact that they were just tired and they were just going to relax and be happy with what they've created because they should be happy with what they've created. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, so yeah, I, I really loved Keep Your Hands Off Azoken's finale. I, I think it was very beautiful. I actually, um, I'll send you the gif later, uh, Agnes. I found it and it still blows my breath away. It is just like, it's just a pull out shot and, and it really makes you feel like creativity is just shared with the world and that's just what it is. Everyone kind of embodies it and everyone utilizes it in different ways and in different imaginations. Um, but uh, Ag- not Agnes, Isabel, have you seen Keep Your Hands Off Azokin? I actually don't know because I, I guess we never really talked too much about that series. So, <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't seen that one. So, yeah, that's why I don't know too much about it. But it sounds pretty interesting overall to me, at least when you guys talk about it. For sure. Um, and then uh, for me, my special shout outs I have, and it's it's literally because I've talked about them too much, but Fruits Basket's finale, I think is Chef's Kiss. It's beautiful. It's perfect. That it's an actual finale. I wouldn't change a single thing about it, but I've yelled too much about Fruits Basket for that matter. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm guessing the girls agree with me in regards to that finale episode. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the on. And then the other one is also because I mentioned it too uh, soon. And so I felt like it wouldn't be right to bring it up again uh, or to do a deep dive on it. But it was the last episode of Shouak and Roku Rakugo Shinju Descending Stories. Oh, that's a good oh. one too. Yeah. So uh, that one, I, I love the finale episode for that one either. Wouldn't change a single thing about it, but I have mentioned it recently. So kind of don't want to dive too much deeper into it. Uh, so yeah, so with that being said, then it is now your turn, Isabel. So I am curious to hear, you know, who, which series did you pick to be your favorite finale episodes that you've seen? Yeah, for me, uh, the first one I wanted to talk about uh, was ending to Banana Fish. Ah. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> okay. a sad ending, yeah. <laughs> but it's an ending that generated a lot of discussion. Um, and also, at least for me, I thought it was a highly emotional ending and probably one of the only endings that I could see, uh, for especially for Ash, uh, just because, you know, the biggest scene there is the fact that he dies and... Um, and not only that, you know, he got stabbed um, and decided to uh, kind of lay in or rather sit at the library. And it's just for me, that scene was just so like, like I just had like so much hope for him and then just like all crushed in like one moment. Of course, I always hate it when anime end with like the protagonist dying. But, you know, it happens. Um, and so it's also a very clear ending at least um but sometimes they do twist endings like that where the protagonist dies kind of or you know they don't show it or there's always like a chance like they could have saved themselves or something like that so uh but yeah the ending of the banana fish even despite ash's life like everything leading up to it i thought was a good wrap-up like banana fish we figure out uh 
everything that Golzine has been doing, and you know he dies, and everything's kind of like wrapping up, and they. I think the investigation on banana fish itself is kind of exposed um, and so that it doesn't get out of hand um, in a sense. And then also AG um, re- returns to Japan um, as well. So, you know, you know that he he's technically, you know, he's going to be safe. Um, he's not going to be, you know, in this world with um, or at least in the in America and being involved with gang stuff anymore. And, you know, hopefully no one chases him and things like that. Um but yeah, I just thought that was like highly emotional when, you know, AG sends that letter to Ash and then he reads it as he's like laying there. I don't know. I just thought that was, that was a really good scene. I watched it probably a couple of times. Uh, one, I will probably understand it. And then also the fact that I was just super shocked that it happened uh, in that way is something, you know, I didn't expect or, you know, I knew it was going to happen, but then I also wasn't sure exactly how it was. Um, the final episode is also titled um, "The Catcher in the Rye," and I, have you have either of you read that book at all? Like it was like a high school book for me, like required in Believe class. Believe it or not, I'm I actually have it, and I remember being surprised that that was not a required reading for me. So no. <laughs> oh, I, I I read "Catcher in the Rye." Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was a somewhat like for me when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, it's a book I read," um, but then I kind of forgot what it was. But that episode or you know, finale just kind of reminded me of uh, exactly kind of what it means. Like, in a sense, the story is about, you know, protecting, you know, innocence, innocence, or like children's innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of, it doesn't like directly co- correlate, but I think it, at least the meaning of it, um, especially when you think about AG and Ash's like relationship and how, you know, AG wasn't really involved in all this and Ash wanted to protect that for him um, and not go through the same experience that he had. I just thought that was so sweet overall. Um, but yeah, I want to know what your guys' thoughts were on the ending, or did you see any of like the discussion that happened, or were you also kind of frustrated, like some people were frustrated that, you know, Ash, you could have just called, you know, called 911 or something, and then uh, go go, uh, go to the hospital and get treated and live. <laughs> uh, Agnes, you might need to go first, because I think you remember I had contentious feelings towards the ending. Oh, I actually didn't watch the ending, so. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so just I just me. hear about all the spoilers, and I'm just like, oh, phew, I, I evaded the um, emotional distress of watching the <laughs> oh, ending wow. of Banana Fish. This is good for me. This is points for me. <laughs> well, now you're gonna have to, like, how are you gonna settle the score now between us? <laughs> someone's got to settle the score okay well let me let me hear your opinions gracie and then i'll make the final call uh so (laughs) she takes a big inhale (laughs) to prepare i have ruminated on this for a very long time uh so okay (laughs) so what i will say first is that um I think the last episode is produced very well. I think like the writing and the pacing and how it ultimately tied together was visually and directionally speaking was very well done. So I'm talking about the more technical aspects, the more objective side of things, less about like the story and how I personally feel about it. Um, So I, in regards to a finale episode, I can definitely see how that makes an impact. And I think that, you know, that last shot of like, AG smiling, I'm not AG, but Ash smiling with his head on the desk and it looked like he was just dreaming and sleeping and having a good dream. Like that's a very haunting shot and just like as a whole cinematic. So here's that. That's the objective. (laughs) Moving on now to the subjective side. 
I never really agree with how Banana Fish ended. And I think, and this is my personal opinion, but I think if you're going to do a story about a character that has spent his entire life abused and manipulated by the people around him and with especially as a child in situations that he cannot control I kind of desire or I kind of like demand a happy ending in this case or specifically I demand like hope for the end and I felt like the way it ended was just kind of a stab in the back because of the fact that Ash's entire arc was him convincing himself that this is the only life for him because he can't imagine another life that's like peaceful and another life where he deserves to just be happy and live without having to fear how you know other people abuse him and you know and that was also the crux of their relationship his relationship with Eiji there's that side of him that's pulled to Eiji because Eiji comes from that lifestyle but then there's that side of him that kind of wants to push Eiji away because he wants to protect AJ because he thinks he'll curse AJ with his, you know, his life and sort of his bad luck as how he sees it. And the ending seemed to have set up to this extremely hopeful note where despite everything that AJ went through, despite the fact that, like, you know, AJ's life almost got lost in the process, AJ still wants him to come with him and like sent letters to him and essentially says that like with plane tickets to be like, I know we just went through hell and I know that I almost lost my life in the process, but that's just even further proof that like a better life is worth fighting for. So come with me to that better life. And Ash was going to take it. He grabbed those airplane tickets and he was running down the steps of the library ready to chase after AG. And then out of nowhere, he just gets stabbed to death. And so, I mean, I, I like it would be inaccurate to say it was out of nowhere. It was definitely set up already prior because um, this was a guy who was ironically very close to Shorter. And I was like, Shorter would never approve of this in the first place. But, um, but people can be idiots. And he thinks he's doing, he's avenging Shorter this way, which is once again dumb because Shorter would have never let this happen. Um, if Shorter was still alive. And so, and then Ash just gives up. Like, it, it was just, like, assigned to him, like, oh, actually, I, I can't escape this life. And then he just dies peacefully. And I really don't agree with how to end that story and character arc. I just do not think that that is the right way to end that story with how everything was set up. Uh, I know, and so here's how you know how long I've ruminated on this, is I read arguments against my opinions. I did not put them online, but I do feel better knowing that there were people out there who were aligned with me in regards to how they feel about the ending. And I've read arguments online that were like, well, Banana Fish is inspired by the short story Banana Fish, which was a very depressing story. It was a Vietnam War veteran who came back and couldn't, uh, you know, assimilate back to normal life, and then, you know, offed himself at the end, unalive himself at the end, and because he couldn't handle it. But I just felt like the way that they've taken the story has become so different now from the original short story it was based on. I just don't think that's a good enough argument to make. And having read the Banana Fish short story, I actually, as as hard as it was to read that, I actually thought that that was the right 
ending a good ending or certainly the story led up to that end. Never at any point or time did it actually feel like he had hope for the future. There were moments where he was like, oh, maybe things will be a little better, but then it'll just drag him back in. And of course, it really like illustrates what PTSD is and how hard it can be for war veterans to come back to a life that is just you're not wondering about how your life is going to end every day. But I was like, that's just not Ash's story anymore. So I think it trying to stick to that same ending as the short story that this the namesake is named after just doesn't work in that case. So that's my whole spiel on the subjective side of things. <laughs> Agnes, how do you feel about that? Any thoughts or? Hmm, I think I'm more in a line with Isabel. Um, on this regard, only because I like tragic endings. I I I do not understand that at all. <laughs> I know you that okay. Before, Remember, this is like this is a point of contention that we had with James because we had this exact conversation before about what kind of endings and like anime criteria that we like. And both James and I said that we like depressive endings and tragic endings for types of shows like this Ugh. i i cannot understand that i cannot relate to that i need betty <laughs> I, I <laughs> you can go talk to him if you want but like i'll just say like i like depressive endings i mean i read like a quiet on the bat like a quiet on the western front right and that thing is depressive all the way from start to end and i loved it i read it i think when i was like in ninth okay, grade but or even I eighth still, grade i've read that one too and i still think the lead up led to it I just don't think the lead up in Banana Fish led to it. Uh, okay, fair. Because yeah. I've read that. And and it, like, I think that's the hard thing to explain is that I do have tragic endings that I like. Oh, 1984, that novel was depressing. <laughs> yeah, 1984 is depressing. That ended yeah. in the most depressing way possible. I thought that ending was well-deserved. I thought everything led up to that moment. I just did not think Banana Fish led up to the moment where Ash died. I think it should. I think it was leading up to the moment where he survived. And the fact that he did it, I just did not agree with that fact at all. So, <laughs> so I have a counter question. Yeah. Um, and this is not to say like, oh, you're right or you're wrong. But I wonder if... Ash being stabbed in the back at the very last moment was a change in editorship in the manga. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because it seems like Ash being stabbed in the back was more of a, a shock value rather than a full complete lead up as opposed to other tragic novels and series that we've read before where the tragedy, you can already see it at the very beginning and you're already expecting a really sad ending. That's a good question. Isabel, what do you think? That's a good question. I think, well, because the, the person he was stabbed by was kind of getting revenge on him, right? Right. And so I don't, for me, the way I interpret it is that the fact that he is obviously, you know, he's getting revenge for someone killing Ash. Ash has, um, you know, even if he survived or things like that, someone might come after him. So I feel like there was this cycle of getting revenge for each other or just being in that type of gang um gang life and style of like trying to you know fight each other and then obviously having these feelings of you know um i guess resentment and anger i think that was something that i feel like ash couldn't escape from at least that's how i interpreted that um mm -hmm. and so that's kind of i i think it was obviously shocking like at the end but it was something that probably would have happened maybe not in that way but it could have happened in another way as well 
Um, Gracie, did you, you have any thoughts? <laughs> or go ahead. With the, with the idea that because it, there was a significant setup from the person who wanted to take revenge, how would you, I guess, rewrite it in a way where Ash doesn't die? Or do you see that regardless of what way they change the situation, Ash would die? This is more of like, I know like this is a very hypothetical, like high end sort of like thinking, but that's just me thinking mm-hmm. about like, is it truly that the ending was written in a way that Ash would have survived anyway? Or was it a shoehorned in ending that he needed to die? I think he would have, he could have survived because I, so the guy who killed him, I remember him very distinctly because um, the first thing is, so Shorter Wong, as you know, had his own Chinese gang, Chinatown gang. Yeah. And um, after his death, um, you know, a lot of people blamed Ash initially for it. But the the kid who stepped up to Shorter Wan's shoes, um, he was very intelligent. And he immediately just confronted Ash in person and was like, people said you shot him. Did you shoot him because of a shootout or did you shoot him because there were other extenuous situations happening here? And Ash told him point blank that shorter got you know he got drugged he was being used as a test subject and he asked him to shoot him so he did and so the so the kid who stepped up to the plate was like okay i accept it um then we have a common enemy we need to bring we need to work together and bring him down but the issue is you know some of the other people in the chinese gang they felt disgruntled by the fact that their leader would just accept that they think that ash is lying which um which the the uh, the new leader was basically like, I think you guys are stupid because we know how close they were. Like, I, I just think it's stupid that you guys would think otherwise. But he had an older half-brother. And that older half-brother never really liked Ash. And so... Um, and so essentially he would like, you know, protest if they have to work together or, you know, or he thinks that Ash is being too brusque or too mean to his younger, younger brother, even though his younger brother was totally okay with it and was like, these are dire times. I don't have time for niceties. I don't think anyone has time for niceties sort of thing. And then, um, and then I think two of the Chinese gang members were bribed by, um, were bribed by the mafia to essentially kill ag and they managed to you know shoot and hurt ag very badly and so um so ash flipped out and killed them in return and um and because of that that somehow convinced his um that somehow convinced the older half brother that ash was lying about the whole shorter one thing and so he demanded his younger half-brother to pull out of the alliance and that they should work with the mafia instead. And the younger half-brother was like, no, are you insane? Like, no, no rational way does that even make sense. And the older half-brother just stormed off and angrily. And that's it. He didn't swear revenge on Ash. He didn't, he didn't say, like, I will get you or anything, or even something, anything directly. He just got mad and he stormed off. So that, that was the thing. It was a lot of people straight up forgot about him. Like, they forgot about his character and his existence. And so, to me, I'm like, him storming off was honestly a way just to make it disappear. <laughs> like, literally, there were people who did not remember him. When they when the finale episode came out, people were like, who is this guy? Like, they straight up were asking who that person even is. So that's why I see there is a way for Ash to live. So that's my opinion. <laughs> 
I see, I see, okay. And was this also present in the manga too, where that older half-brother like storms off and like disappears? Yeah, for, yeah like, he just God disappears. Chapters? Yeah, okay. he, gets, he gets angry, he disappears, and he's just gone for chapters after chapters after chapters, and then suddenly showed up in the like the last <laughs> few pages of the manga. <laughs> mm, okay, so now I'm kind of inclined that it was sort of like shoehorned in, or it was an edited piece for the ending yeah I, I don't know because if it was deliberately if it was deliberately written and published where the older half brother like disappears off screen like you're not supposed to remember him after that right yeah there's then no the fact mention that he comes either like the younger yeah. half brother doesn't even ask like where did he go like no there's no mention of him or like there's no there's no like random panel like somewhere in the middle of the series where there's like a shadow right no from, there's like, nothing around like the corner that. and disappears right there's nothing like that so now I'm a little bit more inclined to see I like, I like I said, I like tragedy, I like depression, so <laughs> I don't mind the ending of Banana Fish, but I am inclined to agree that the finale of Ash dying may or may not have been uh, a construed ending from an editorship point of view. Yeah, I, I like I said, I don't know. It, it, do you, I mean, you can disagree with me, Isabel, if you, if that's not how you remembered it. At least that's how I remembered it very explicitly. <laughs> Yeah, I do agree that, yeah, they kind of popped out of nowhere. Um, at some point, obviously, a lot of people were, like, confused about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's open to interpretation is how, how I like to describe it. This is what I like well, about these Well, the only thing that isn't open to interpretation is Ash's death. So. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah, but, like, you know, you can, like, go off of, like, the reasoning or things like that. Um, so that's what I like about it sometimes. So... <laughs> Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it was. I think it was a very. It was a very healthy and a very calm, rational discussion <laughs> yes. about banana fish. <laughs> but I think it brings up a lot of good points. Is that there's people who don't agree on the fact that it is a fictionalized version of uh, what the unfortunate fate of it for pe- for many people who have PTSD. But on the other hand, it makes sense like from a story perspective too. So it's good that we like hashed it out in this episode. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that's your first pick. What's your second pick, Isabel? <laughs> yeah, my second pick is Trigon Stampede. Oh, um, the oh, wait, the OG one or the no, uh, no, the newest okay, one, the remake. Yes, uh, Trigon Stampede is the official name for the new. Oh, one. oh, you're right. Yeah. The you old one was just because it's his <laughs> full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, did either of you watch that? Did you watch that, Gracie? Yes, I or... did. Oh, you she did? was screaming, I can fix him in the DMs. Oh, and oh, I said, right. no, you can't fix him, Gracie. You're not here to play intergalactical therapist. <laughs> I have screenshots. I can find it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I actually didn't finish uh, Trigon Stampede, but I know a lot of what happens at the end because of what people have told me, both Gracie and then also one of my former co-workers at the job that I used to work at, he was a big fan of the the anime that came out, so. Hmm, okay. But yes, for me, I, I really enjoyed the ending, uh, and I just thought, like, the ending itself was, like, beautifully animated, but, like, it's it's all in CG, so I thought that was really cool as well being able to pull that off and then kind of like the also like the colors I really liked in general just because you know Vash comes back um and he has this you know big fight with Millions Knives and there's like this because Knives is like kind of like portrayed as you know he's like he has like white hair his whole body is like white and then like Vash is kind of like dark I would say like it's a dark purple throughout the whole episode 
So I just found the like the color contrast to be great, and then also the fight scene as well. Um, I personally like the thing moment that sticks in my mind is kind of the moment where Vash um, shoots a gun, um, and it almost feels like one of like the game like when you're gaming and you you have the person like three D. Uh, sorry, third point, uh, third person view, and you're shooting a gun from it, and you're like aiming your sights down or something like that. I was like, "Well, this is just like a game. That's crazy." Uh, and then just the way that Vash reloads his bullets as well. I thought those like little details in the episode were really super cool, and just kind of like uh, their reveal of their story as well. Like they go back and show little flashbacks between Vash and Nye and how things happened and kind of their their personalities but also philosophies clashing at that point because Vash as you know is like a pacifist um and then obviously Knives doesn't agree with that and he you know he wants to change the world um and make it for you know people like them whereas Vash wants to sides with the humans and even though and then he actually finally states in this episode that he like, even though humans are flawed, he still wants to stand on their side. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like the animation towards their last fight. You know, they both get uh, start flying with their angel wings. So I thought that was beautiful. And then, um, you know, in the end, it kind of ends in a tragedy, at least for the, the city of July. Because actually, even though Vash tried to save them by shooting this you know, cube of energy into space, it actually just kills kind of like the whole city. And so at the end of this, you kind of, we kind of see the aftermath and obviously it's set up for a season two at that point for a Trigun Stampede. Um, but, you know, it actually solidifies kind of the fact that Trigun Stampede is a prequel kind of to Trigun based on the events that happen because you know, all of a sudden we've got Vash with his hair standing up as we know him um, and then Millie um, taking on uh, a new job or apprentice as well that we see in the original series, and um, and also Vash finally with his like astronomical uh, what's his like, the bounty of like sixty billion or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's like the whole setup into Trigun. And so you know, for people who you know stuck to the end, we're like kind of hopeful for season two. And then also, I just thought it was a great ending for at least um, the series. Um, or at least this first part itself it's not something i expected i was wondering if i was wondering how they would end it just because i i knew that you know trigun is so popular or at least it's a it's something that's very special for many people and so i don't know if they would end it into something that's into season two but i thought this like if you just stop kind of like stopped at that point for where it was i thought it was a great ending um but yeah and then i yeah, sometimes I rewatch scenes as well uh, from that. But yes, Gracie, what did you think about that since you did finish that? It was so powerful <laughs> that it made me think I could fix a million dollars. It was so bad. I think she, Gracie went like full delivery for like delivery. three days straight. She was so, she was, so you know how like Shauna says like Gracie has an alternative ego that's called Garcia. There is another alternative alternative ego of Gracie that's just called Delulu <laughs> Gracie at this point. It was so like out of left field. I remember very distinctly when she told me this. I think I was at work. I was at my desk, you know, doing work things at work, and then all of a sudden she's like, 
I can fix him. And I'm just like, what? And I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, f- it's Friday. Of course, it's it's Tricon. Uh, yeah, I, I legit was just like, I, I think I think I can fix him. And everyone's like, no, you cannot. She was so full Delulu that she hopped around so many people's DMs that everyone knew that she was going to try to fix millionaires. Like, Medi knew, James knew. Like, it was so bad. Wow. Yeah, I, I told Medi. Medi. Medi thought it was hilarious. Like, he obviously. Well, Medi finds it hilarious that you're trying to fix him, and I'm just here, and I'm just like, no, girl, you don't do that. <laughs> Save yourself first. So I even told my friend who doesn't even watch anime, I was like, I was like, I, and she was just like, Gracie, what do we say to mentally unstable men? And I was like, I understand you. No, no, we do not say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a meme you know it's that one meme of i think it was from big bang uh-huh. theory where it's like repeat uh-huh. after me right <laughs> but at the very end he repeats the opposite <laughs> that's you and your friend talking about million million knives oh gosh yeah no i i thought that finale episode was really good it's funny because i was kind of sort of lukewarm about the series throughout um as the series went on, I wrote a review on it too, where I was like, it's good that it's different from the original. That's the whole point of remakes is you should make your own mark. You should do your own analysis, your own sort of um, interpretation of it. But I do think like the pacing and certain things, like some of it just really wasn't my style. And do keep in mind, I tend to be pickier with sci-fi series in the first place because sci-fi is a genre I don't naturally click with. But that finale was extraordinarily well done. Um, that fight scene got my blood pumping so hard. Like, I think at one point I heard my own heart going boom, 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 boom against the chest. Oh, wow. Jesus, Gracie. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then the ending reveal that it was a prequel. I was like screaming. I was like, "Oh, that's so good!" But, um, but yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting that finale episode to really make me like sympathize and empathize with Nye and it was it was weird so that's why I went on that weird Delulu streak (laughs) 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 oh Isabel I'll show you the screenshots later of Gracie being solely Delulu in my DMs I think you gotta have a kick out of it okay thank you (laughs) you're welcome I didn't know this all happened but wow You know, sometimes just just ask. It's okay. Just ask Gracie. So, Gracie, how are you doing this season? Or, like, just ask her what she's watching, and she will just spill. <laughs> um, yeah, no. it's uh, uh, So, basically, I have nothing to argue with on this, Isabel, or debate with in this regard. I completely agree, and it's done dangerous things to my brain. So. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, too, though. Let's see. If I had any special mentions for myself, uh, I wanted to talk about Gintama, but it was a movie ending. <laughs> has Gintama ended? I feel like it keeps going. It, it has ended. Oh, okay, okay. It did. I know. It, it did. It looks like it keeps going, but it has officially okay. ended. It has a movie that is literally titled Gintama, the very final. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, at least it's better than Attack on Titan, the finale, the finale, the finale part three. I oh my god! Always yeah. <laughs> April Fool's chart, which was brilliant, which is Attack on Titan final, really final part two, part three, part something, dot doc, which is how we write our research papers. So, mm-hmm. oh man, okay, but yeah, Skintama, I'm glad to hear that the movie was really good. I have heard that the movie is really good, so not very surprised. Um, 
Alrighty. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of our favorite finale episodes. Uh, let us know if you have any favorite finale episodes in the Spotify comment section or, um, you know, or our uh, Twitter, which is at GirlTaco underscore AT. And we'll be back next week with another fun topic. So I hope you'll be here next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.